Alrighty, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala Rasulihi al-Kareem. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. And we seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we are still continuing with this, uh, uh, the same ayah. Let me just draw our screen attention to the ayah so you can all see it again. And then once again, someone nod, let me know you can see the ayah on your screen. Okay, very good. And so when my servants ask you about me, then I am near. <clears throat> I answer the call of the caller when he calls upon me. And then let him seek to answer my call and believe in me. And perhaps he will be given guidance or perhaps he will be guided. Okay, so where we left off yesterday was I was hoping, you don't have to see my emails, hold on. I was hoping that uh, we could take a moment and for whoever's comfortable, people can share stories of what seems like prayers being answered. And the hopeful function, the consequence of this is that you'll find it inspiring in terms of faith. And so I don't think she's here. Stephanie said she couldn't make it to class today. So she wrote up a story that I remember this happening. And I remember thinking it was strange that nobody was talking about it back then. So I'm going to read it to you. And hopefully this will give you ideas. So, salam alaikum. Unfortunately, I won't be in class today, but if I were, I would share the story. When we lived in the Bay Area of California, there had been a drought going on for several years. I think this was in 2013 or so. Many of you might remember this, the, like the drought. The drought was affecting farmers' water availability in general, and there were strict fines for watering your lawn or wasting any water. So many of the imams, uh, so many of the imams throughout the Bay Area decided to get together to decide to gather the community together and pray a prayer for rain like the prophet had done at one point peace be upon him they explained to all the community people that there were specific guidelines for this type of prayer people should not dress up in fancy clothes they should wear very ordinary clothes if they had any outstanding debts they should pay those first before coming to pray asking for rain the prayer was held at the fairgrounds out in the open, so it had the feeling of Eid, but at the same time, it was a very somber and serious occasion. A number of the imams got up and spoke, and then we prayed the prayer asking for rain. We had driven about 45 minutes south to attend the prayer. Because of the drought, there were rarely clouds in the sky, and if there were clouds, they were very thin and not producing any moisture. I am also a weather nut, so I would regularly watch the weather forecast, even though it's pretty boring there compared to the Midwest. 70 and sunny every day. The seven-day forecast had no, capital letters, no precipitation whatsoever. When we were driving home, it was about usher time. We were driving north, so the winds would come from the west off the ocean. I kid you not, on our 45-minute drive, Home, uh, drive home, clouds were appearing on the horizon. We thought they were just regular light clouds, but as we got closer to home, you could tell that they had bulk. It rained lightly overnight. We thought it was an amazing coincidence or a miracle, but sprinkles would not end the drought. 
The next day, the forecast had changed for the week. And after two days, we had rain. And then what they called an atmospheric river system developed and we got much needed rain. My kids were part of a gardening program at the time. And we told the teacher about this prayer we had gone to and how it sprinkled first and then it rained and wasn't that weird. Do you know what she told us? She said that there's when there's been a drought, a little bit of light rain is better for the soil. Uh, to uh, for the soil to absorb a little bit of moisture before a large amount of rain comes so that it is not just washing away the dirt on the surface. That gave me chills, but in any case, I believe I witnessed a miracle when we prayed a rain prayer in the middle of a drought and the following week we got an atmospheric river. Good story, mashallah. So, I mean, you might be asking too much for anyone to share like a story that colossal, but uh, I remember reading about this in the news and I thought, wait, this is like astonishing. Like they had this prayer and then suddenly it rained two days later. <laughs> but then it just left the news. My news, I'm talking about community news. Any reflections on this one or anyone want to share their own story? Dawood, what do you got? So this was about three years ago, uh, just before uh, COVID. Give me just a second. It's my admin here. Hold on. Hello? The, the boss is on the line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it should be because we have uh, 11, we have um, 600 bucks left from the SDMA thing and then another $500 donation that we received in a check. So it should be good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Sorry about that. Okay. So this was a uh... August before COVID started. Okay. Uh, Hajj was around that time. And I was probably in the deepest depression of my life so at the on. time. Mm. And for all you don't know, that was, that was a very happy guy, at least on the outside. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I am now. But I mean, both of my kids had recently left the house because they got married, they moved away. Sure. You know, I'm a new empty nester. I had been having trouble for a couple of years and it was just really bad from, uh, from a mental state and I get a call and um, this is a, a friend that I that I know who uh, happened to be on Hajj he said he was in Arafah and he said did you have do you is there anything that you wanted me to pray for uh-huh. um, and so I had to think about that and I knew he was going to Hajj and I hadn't sent him anything and so I asked him to pray for my for an improvement in my mental health just a simple request. Yeah. This is August. September comes uh, within one month. Um, I get up the gumption to go to my first mental health um, therapy session after nice. resist after resisting it for oh god 20, 25 years. Sure. And in that first session, and in the first, and I, I went uh, every week for. Oh God, six months. And then, I mean, oh, and then a little less frequently for about a total of a year and a half. But in that first six weeks, I learned things about myself that really explained a huge amount of my life and the way that I had felt for my life and the way that I had been feeling at the time. And my mental outlook 
improved dramatically mm. and and has been improving since then. Um, it really, un, it, just going to that first session really helped me understand what mental health therapy is all about. And, and I've had, I'm now seeing a marriage therapist with my wife and our marriage has significantly improved. It wasn't really that bad to begin with, but I mean, what's okay can be made even better. And it's been better. I mean, just that, that simple prayer, that simple request that, that he had for me and my response to him, you know, it's, that's probably one of the most significant things that has happened to me in, in my life. Mashallah. From a, from a prayer. Wow. And thank you also for sharing. Uh, and I'm sure that's especially meaningful for a number of the therapists in this group and for others in the class who might even be struggling with depression. So thank you for, for sharing that. That was very wonderful. And what you're also showing, like in contrast to Stephanie's story, is uh, sometimes prayers seem to form by way of like what comes across as a divine miracle in the sense of, all right, suddenly all these clouds have appeared, right? Uh, whereas very often when you're making the prayer and I'm saying, imagine Allah dispatching an angel, um, it's forming, it's being answered in the way uh, Dawood just experienced, right? That at first it sounded like, uh, I, I think uh, I was guessing, maybe others were guessing that Dawood, you know, asked his friend, okay, make a prayer for me and for my, my, my mental health. And then the next day, boom, he's a happy baby. No. Uh, it, no, it, it took me a year to put two and two together. I didn't realize the really? sequence of events for a very long time until I had been thinking about it. And, and, and the proximity of the two was so, so uh, significant. Um, and I, I, I didn't realize it until the following summer that, yeah, that's actually what happened here. You know, this is, this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answering my call via proxy by someone who's on Hajj. I mean, it's, it, it, it really, it, it, it really gave me a great deal of faith in, in, in what I claim to believe in. MashaAllah. Again, uh, uh, Dawood is someone who has a long history, both himself uh, and his better half and their family of community work. So I'm trying to emphasize for everyone else how even more significant it is coming from, from Dawood, mashallah. So beautiful. Shala. So that's, um, that's kind of what I was referring to like last yesterday about like, you know, inspiring us to you know, take, take a step, right? Like, so take, to take the first step, because he had to take some initiative, right? He, he couldn't have, I mean, he could have just ignored, you know, whatever, you know, thought came to his mind to go to the therapist, but Allah helped him to listen to those, those whisperings that are there and that are hurting us all the time. Um, I have another story to share Please. later. I can let other guys go first, because my, my, my worm story was pretty impactful that last <laughs> night, I know. But really, like that pot had been inside for four years. Uh -huh. Okay, it didn't wow. have access to the outdoors for a worm to crawl in. It was amazing, and it didn't. And it just also showed me like Allah is also humorous, right? Like, I mean, it brought a smile to my face, and like, it's, it's like He knew that I wouldn't be grossed out by it because I love gardening and I you know, I value earthworms. You know, of course, it got it was enough to get me out of bed and wake me up and be like, you know, what is this thing on my face? You know, so it wasn't so I couldn't just roll back to bed. Right. He knew after that I would I would definitely pray. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so my other story was last summer. Um, there was less ending between me and a very good friend. And um, so then there were hard feelings because of this misunderstanding on both sides. And, um, you know, it was hard to figure out what to do next because I didn't want to lose the friendship, but she wasn't talking to me and I wasn't comfortable being the one to take the first step. So um, my husband had suggested that I just email her and kind of like, you know, just send an email and kind of apologize for my part. That didn't sit right with me. I didn't feel like that was, I didn't feel ready to do that. And so I prayed to Allah to just find me, you know, show me a way to, you know, to make this easy to, um, you know, figure out what the next step is just to help me in the situation. Right. It was just a general prayer for peace and resolution with whatever it was going to be, whether the friendship would end or not. So then I go to Kroger, our grocery store, and I'm shopping and I have never run into her at the grocery store before. But basically, I was finishing up my groceries, I paid for everything. And then I was like, aha, I forgot to get parsley. So then I go back to the produce section, and I see her in the produce section, I hadn't, I hadn't seen her for weeks and weeks. And I see her in the produce section. And I'm like, this is, this is when I decide she didn't see me. So I can I realize like, this is the moment when Allah has put this on a platter. And he said, here you go. This is your opportunity, right? So I could have not, you know, I could have hardened my heart and said, you know, I'm not ready. I'm not going to go over to talk to her. But because I was aware this, this is answering my prayer. I took the first step. And we ended up talking, we ended up crying over the oranges, you know, we were like standing with oranges in our, you know, in her hand, and we were like crying. And um, it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. And we stood there for like an hour. Um, mm. That was that was very transforming. And I told my husband about it and he said, well, you know, the probability is pretty high. That I said, what do you think about this? You know, like I prayed for this. And he said, well, you know, you both live in the same city. You both go to the grocery. And so the probability is pretty high that you would run into each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there, there, there are those who will never believe. Inshallah, inshallah. Like uh, uh, we have the idea that, you know, um, there are hearts as hard as rocks. And then, but there are rocks that still water can come out of them. So, or come, come, come forth. So there's always hope for everyone, inshallah. And there's uh, also this issue of timing is a big thing. Like the example I always give, and we might have discussed it in this class, is uh, uh, when we think of a miracle, we think of an anomaly. Uh, and then I was suggesting, well, what about life is a miracle and it's mundane. Reproduction is a miracle, meaning, you know, two from two lives comes this additional life. Uh, or consciousness is a miracle. But if, for example, we think of, Moses, peace be upon him, coming to the sea, and in the language of the Quran, the sea splits into two mountains of water. Suppose that's exactly what happened. Moses comes to the sea, hits his staff in the ground, and the sea splits into two mountains of water, but it happens three hours late. And so Pharaoh's people come, they catch up with Moses, people kill everybody. But the sea still split into two mountains of water. And sure, miraculous, but part of the miracle is the perfect thing happens at the perfect time. So, alhamdulillah, very beautiful. Thank you. Samia. Okay, I really had to be convinced to share this because it's the silliest example. And like all of these examples have been so serious and nice. So one day, me and Anna, who's in this class, 
we were sitting outside of school on like our little patio and it was also the same day of our MSA's like scavenger hunt and so I remember Anna was like and in your scavenger hunt uh, sorry to interrupt but in your scavenger hunt what do you all search for do you like search for the iman of the people i know i keep going sorry sorry <laughs> we just like they make us run back and forth across campus and like answer weird riddles and do things but um we had wanted to win for years and anna was like i've been making go after this but it's kind of <laughs> silly like i don't know if i like if i should ask for like if we should win the scavenger hunt and i was like no Anna, like you can make go after anything so i was like watch this and i like put my hands to the sky and i was like oh i haven't had an orange soda in a really long time <laughs> I would really like one. I was like, see, we can ask for anything. And then, alhamdulillah, we won the scavenger hunt. And when we went to get food, I hadn't had the option of orange soda in forever. And guess what they had? Mashallah. So it was just a fun thing for us to be like, wow, look, God will do it. Yeah. I think that that absolutely works here. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. Okay. Who else would like to share anything of any magnitude? All of it is wonderful and miraculous. I, I hear someone has unmuted. Where is this voice coming from? Khoram. Okay, so uh, so what happened that uh, last year in December, uh, my previous uh, role in the company, so it was like pretty like st- it was getting very stressful. And stressful and stressful, a lot of reactive work. It's, it was operations. So I started thinking, okay, I need to move to a different role, which is uh, like um, a much balanced role, right? Um, more like a focus or a project focus oriented rather than operations, right? So uh, so I, I applied for, uh, for a position. I got an interview in December. And uh, so the person told me that, uh, okay, I will let you know next year uh, in uh, like in January or February, right? So, okay, so I waited and um, then, uh, and uh, in the meanwhile, I started applying for the other positions too, in the same category, but different teams, right? So just to have like, uh, so have, I have more options. And, um, and I was, I was praying in the, in, as well to, because it, it, it is not, uh, uh, it was multiple options and I have to pick one of them, right? So which one is right for me? And uh, in terms that's uh, like a workload balance as, as, as well as like the money element will not be affected too, right? Uh, so uh, then I, uh, in, in February, I applied for another team, right? In the morning and, um, uh, and that, uh, that was the, uh, also the same role, SME role, right? But it was uh, more complicated. Um, so I applied in the morning and uh, like after five minutes, the person called me that uh, yes you are in uh, the one that applied in, in 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 december so that was actually i was looking for because that was much uh, the type of work that i was looking for that it was uh, much convenient for me and uh, so yeah so i got that the simple story beautiful thank you for sharing who else wants to share something all stories are encouraged so this is Iqbal. Iqbal Saab, share with us your story. So uh, as we speak, I'm, I'm in my backyard, actually, and I, I kind of do a lot of gardening. And, and to Shala's point, uh, I don't do any, uh, you know, what they call it, fertilizer or anything. 
and I have almost like 200 square feet, if maybe 150 to 200. And then as soon as I tilt the land, I see a lot of worms, right? And then we have a, I mean, special bird here. I don't know whether you heard about the robin, right? So robins kind of flocks around in my roof, my neighbor roof, and they make a special chip. Usually, I mean, I, I'm hearing their, you know, bird voices, you know, but this time when, when I do that, they do some kind of unique chip that I, I always pay attention to. You mean uh, you're, know. Uh, cheap, right? Like the, yeah. the bird song. Okay, yeah. The, the birds, yeah, bird song. Like man, these these people like what they are what they are trying to do. They may be like praying for me, or they are waiting for their food once I'm gone from here. So so I don't know. I feel like they are doing some special prayer for me. I don't know. Subhanallah. Mashallah. Maybe they are. So my sister, uh, she would have these two birds always. So in her house, she has one room that's their musallah. And she'd always have two birds sitting at the windowsill, staring inside. And she would insist that they're angels. And I would insist that they're birds. But anyway, but yeah, but I'm a big brother. But maybe they are praying for you, inshallah. Who else would like to share a story? And it doesn't even have to be you. It could be a story someone else has shared to you, with you. Ahant is not here. I always like telling Ahant stories. <laughs> um, for example, when he was getting ready to take his shahada, when he was ready to become Muslim and convert, uh, uh, he decided on a particular day, and at Loyola, whenever we have a conversion, we do it right along the lakefront in front of the chapel, which is kind of funny because when I send students, they also think it's going to be inside the chapel. Okay, but it's on the lakefront. And that particular day, it was raining like crazy. So, nonstop rain. And we were going to do it like at 1.30 p.m. or something. And literally 45 minutes before, after what seemed to be 10 continuous hours of rain, the sun comes up and everything dries up. Right. And just in time for his shahada. Well, um, so this is not a story me related, but I heard it, I think it was last week, and I thought it was very inspiring. Um, a friend was telling me how a friend of hers, so the friend is in Egypt, and the friend of hers not in Egypt, um, reached out to her because after she finished praying, um, a certain person came to mind and she remembered how that person was in debt. So she reached out to the person to check, were you able to repay the debt? And the person said no. So she reached out to my friend to ask if she could deliver the money, transfer her the money and the friend could deliver it, which was like a four or five hour drive from where my friend is. Uh, my friend agreed and she went to um, drop off the money and the person became very emotional and told her that Two Ramadans ago, she started every day praying that she'd be able to pay off the debt. Wow. And every Ramadan, every day she'd be making that du'a. She didn't stop making that du'a. And this Ramadan, it got answered through that friend. Alhamdulillah. It's, uh, I think it's also next level miraculous when someone becomes the vessel for an answer of someone's prayer. 
that's also pretty awesome. I'll show Zeba. Okay, so my story is more of like I would say a dua of the heart because I, okay, I don't so. think I actually like verbalized the dua, mm -hmm. but it was around like peak pandemic time. Like I was very burned out at work. Um, and I remember I was like, I kept coming home like that week and I would just complain like, you know, is this job even like worth it? Like, look, it's so hard doing this. Like, did I make the right career choice? And then um, a couple of days like into me feeling like really down like this, uh, I happened to be like, I just, I listened to some story, like just some podcast or something on my drive just to pass the time. And it ended up being uh, the tafsir of like one particular like ayah in Surah Yusuf. And that entire like, 45 minutes of the lecture was talking about how people are like it's such a blessing that people are like put in the place that they are you know he's like you know how you shouldn't um uh you shouldn't like ignore that you know if you were given the opportunities that you were given you know it's not necessarily by chance but Allah SWT thought that you were worthy of being put in that position and doing that job and you know doing what you were now doing at this time and so that in a way like answered my I guess my like inner like my heart's prayer which was that you know what am I doing like is this even something worth my time and then having it brought in that perspective by listening to that lecture just made me like reorient myself to like the perspective of me going into work and being like yeah you know it is a blessing that I'm given this opportunity there's so many people who don't have the same opportunity who want to be in the place that I'm in and you know it, it just made me feel so much more grateful for everything and really helped me like get out of that like mm -hmm. burned out funk um, mm -hmm. so I, I thought that was like such a nice and it wasn't like right away but it was probably within the week that I was feeling that way that I had that sort of like come to me. Mm. Mashallah thank you for sharing that uh shallow says would you please write the details of that podcast lecture and Basit, are you being serious here my wife's dua that came true was the day that i came into her life <laughs> mashallah right who else would like to share something i also can share professor yes hi uh so um Basically, it happened many years ago when Madina and I, we came to Loyola. Uh, and then uh, after our program was done and we both, both were like getting ready to go back uh, to our home countries, we were sitting one day um, in downtown campus and thinking that it was like really an outstanding experience because we came here just for school and then we met you and we met that... Um, another uh, professor who taught us Quran classes. So it was like such an outstanding experience. And then I asked her, is it um, anything you have, you wished you have done, but you didn't manage before we leave? And then she's like, yes, I really wanted to go to this um, theater, like Chicago, like this famous theater in, or American theater or something like that. It was like really famous in Chicago. And then she's like, but it was so expensive. I never managed to do that with my, um, you know, like um, student um, income and stuff. And then I said, let's try like, uh, yeah. And then we just decided to try one of those tricks they taught us in, you know, Quran classes. And then we just prayed. And you cannot believe the moment we finished prayer, 
her a friend from her volunteering class um, called her and he said that he has two tickets to American um, theater for tonight uh, and that he cannot make it. And does, he, does she know anyone who would want to go? And of course that was us who wanted to go. And then we just uh, went, picked up the tickets and that day we went to some like Beatles. I think it was rain, like rain. Uh, so Beatles, um, like uh, how you call it, performance. Mm. So uh, that was like really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, except for that, I feel like in general in my life, um, I, I always felt like God um, watched over me, you know, like I told you I had so many quests when I was like teenager, I was like questioning either like whether I'm really Muslim, I told you there was like religion uh, Baha'i that was like very prominent in Uzbekistan. And then I'm like, oh, maybe that's a new religion I should follow, you know, and then I always felt God just like, you know, guided me to make these good decisions, um, to meet the right people, to get the right experiences. And subhanAllah, like I'm in my early 30s, but I can, I can feel that uh, I never went through like terrible hardships. There was like always God who would just watch over me. Um, you know, yes. <laughs> thank you for sharing. Was it a good show? <laughs> yeah, I told you it was Rain Beatles, right? It was okay, so yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. very nice. Who else? Uh, Sarah Abuji, did you get to a safe place? Yes, I'm home now. Thank you. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, it's pretty quick, but um. So in December 2017, I went on Umrah, alhamdulillah, and I was able to do four Umrahs, you know, on behalf of myself and other people. Um, and I'm pretty sure I made dua for Allah to send me a good husband probably a thousand times. Like this was my constant dua, just walking between Safa and Marwa, just like Allah sent me a good husband. You know, I had been through like the dating websites and the parents, the referrals and whatever, and I had just about had it, even though it had only been like two, two and a half years, but I was very over it. Um, and it was something that honestly, like I was treating like my second job, like, you know, I had a career, but this is something I really was putting a lot of effort towards and I was being very intentional about it. Um, so yeah, I made a lot of da'a and then I came back to Chicago. And in February, I met my now husband on Minder. So that it seemed very immediate, alhamdulillah, for that to happen. But yeah, it was all in good timing. MashaAllah. Yeah, and I met him briefly, and it seemed like a very good guy, MashaAllah. So alhamdulillah. Thank you. And those of you who don't know Sarah Abuji, she has a big smile, but when she was with him, her smile was like five times the size. And so mashallah. <laughs> Zishan. Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Minder never worked for me. <laughs> it was almost like never ever worked for me. Um, cool. So two quick stories. Uh, one's a little sad. One one one's fun. Um, so just recently, a couple weeks ago, my first cousin in Karachi, she passed away pretty oh. young, um, brain cancer, so forty nine with three mm. kids, right? So mm. first cousin. And it made me think like, you know, there's a bunch of folks uh, in our family recently who had like these young deaths, right? So, and I thought back, like when I went on Hajj in, in well, not now, like 10 years ago now, and I prayed for my parents, like kind of longevity and they're touching much of like 80, 80 and 78 at this age and being able to drive around themselves in Karachi and so forth. So definitely 
I think back to that. That was one of the the, the duas I did in in Hajj, mm. and I do think about that. The other one is a little trivial. The uh, 2003. Nothing, nothing trivial with prayers. So keep going. 2003 World Cup happening. Pakistan's losing the semifinal. You know, Shreve after is balling. I changed my mind. Is like he's playing. He's playing. He's like I was like I prayed so hard, so hard. Did Sinat's right, right in the middle of the match, and like the instant I was done with the the dua and the prayer, he got out. At 99, like in a century. So I know Khuram might get that more. He might have watched the match. I don't know. But <laughs> that was like, I felt it very, very, very. Yes, there is a God. <laughs> and that we have a summary of the faith of Pakistanis. Okay, so the uh, what you reminded me of is one day I was driving to work. And there is a guy who, uh, hopefully is he not in the class. Okay, so there's a guy who was on local radio, news radio, uh, uh, announcing that as a Muslim, he's going to stand outside Wrigley Field praying for the Cubs to win the World Series. This is not 2016. This is like 2010. And I'm a Sox fan. So I immediately decided that I'm going to pray for the Cubs to lose, to not even make it to the World Series. My prayer was obviously answered. The interesting part of the story is that I told that story in a class like this, in an in-person class, and a woman walks up to me, um, she's kind of active in the Muslim community in Chicago, and she uh, says, yeah, that was my ex-husband. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can be careful about all the stories that I share. So yeah, Danya. Um. Mine is kind of a ridiculous story, but I'm sharing it. I'm more, more ridiculous so. than what I just shared, but keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I think it taught me at a really young age to be very careful about, or like be mindful about what I make dot for. Mm-hmm. Um, so thus the Sadas know, know this. Um, I room with them in an undergrad for, for everybody to know. Um, but uh, I hate fans. I just really, really hate them. I hate the noise. I hate just the feeling of the air on me. And I have this like irrational fear of the blades. Just, I don't know. It, I don't like them. Um, so I was in my parents room watching tv and my dad is the complete opposite of me he loves fans he always has them on um and so of course I turned it off the moment I walked in um and then like 10-15 minutes passed whatever he comes back in he's like Daniel why did you turn it off I want the fan on and he switches it on and I I didn't even say anything I I just thought in my head oh I wish this thing would break and the moment the the last like letter of the word break I thought in my head it completely fell apart mm-hmm. and I have no idea. Like there's no way it could fall apart. There, it's just, it was ridiculous. Um, but it, it, it shocked me. I was, I was a child, but it shocked me. I was like, wait, what? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but subhanAllah, I was like, okay, you know, I have to be, you never know when, you know, the doors of heaven are open and, and Allah's always listening and Allah's always mm-hmm. there and can grant anything. So you just, gotta be careful about even what you think about like it was it wasn't even a dodge i I thought that Mm -hmm. so be careful what you wish for anything can turn into a dua anything can be answered as a dua Mm -hmm. (laughs) shella 
Hey, so, Iqbal, we're, oh, sorry, Iqbal, were you just playing the, the Robins just now? Okay. Yeah, anyway. I'm still here. I'm still here and they are around. <laughs> uh, so they're probably still praying for you. Okay. Yeah, alhamdulillah. And I have one more comment to make. Yeah, but okay. Go ahead, Shala. Let me go. Uh, we'll come back to you. Shala. Um, I was just thinking on a walk today um, about whether is it better or prefer, I don't know, better. Is it better to um, pray, for instance, if we're in a situation and we think that there's a problem with somebody else that we're with, right? So like if arrogance is a problem and not submitting to Allah, right? Like kind of not accepting Allah. Um, do we pray that like for acceptance of this situation or do we pray for that person to change, right? So do we pray for ourselves to be okay with whatever it is and be, you know, kind of gracious and accepting and loving or do we pray for that person or do we pray for both, I guess? Yes. Uh, you, you, pray for, you know what I mean? You pray for both. And I'll give you an example that's not yeah. as serious as your example. Uh, believe it or not, in MSA, sometimes there's arguments between students and conflicts between the students over the dumbest things in the history of humanity. But anyway, that's been going on right now between two students. And it reached the point where I had to come in and actually do some conflict resolution. And one of them, and so the conflict seems to have been resolved. Now, one of these guys, we'll call him Nutmeg, he is having a problem with the friend of the guy he had a conflict with. And he's saying that person's saying things that annoy me. So I pray to Allah to, to guide him. Okay. So I told him, okay, why don't you pray to Allah to guide him? And why don't you pray to Allah for you not to be annoyed? So yeah, both parts. I'm still going to call him nutmeg. Okay. Uh, even though we shouldn't give people nicknames, not even nutmeg. Iqbal, up to you. So yeah, the comments I want to make that ever since I grew up, uh, I always hearing that the country as a whole is run by God, Pakistan. There, there's a joke here. There's a joke coming. Can you please explain the joke, meaning like only Allah can keep it alive? Yeah, um, hmm. <laughs> you want me here? Okay, at the risk of derailing the, the conversation, there's these two Pakistanis looking at a map of Pakistan. Okay, I have to preface this by saying I was born in Pakistan. And my grandfather, my late grandfather, was part of the Pakistan movement. So all these jokes are made out of love. But two people are looking at a map of Pakistan. And there's a town called Faisalabad. And one of them says to the other, why do we have a town called Faisalabad? King Faisal never came to Pakistan. And the other person says, why is this an issue? The capital of the country is Islamabad. Yeah, okay. I like the joke. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> okay, Sarah, Fadlilla. Okay, so mine are um, a mixture of two. One that's a little more serious. One that's not so serious. But in both instances, when I made dua, so one, the more serious one was, um, I was like praying for my results for my you know, second licensing exam, I'm so stressed out, hate written exams, I think they're the worst things ever, um, but I would, I would, like, have, like, these moments of, like, panic, like, oh, my goodness, like, if I don't pass this, you know, not that anything would happen aside from just needing to do it again, but, you know, obviously, you just panic, 
Um, and I would just get myself in like these frenzies of anxiety, but I would always like calm myself by like constantly reminding myself, okay, you know, whatever is said will come from Australia. So if that is meant for me to pass the exam, it will be that way. If it is meant for me to not pass the exam, that's okay. I'll be able to handle it. And anytime I like truly felt those moments of like, I am submitting to the will of Allah things like they went, alhamdulillah, in like the positive way, um, sometimes not in the positive way, in the positive in the sense of like, you know, it's not exactly what I wanted, but in the way that I can handle. So the silly one, so the silly one where this instance happened was, I actually was in Daniel Tullah's household um, in 2016. I was in Chicago on, I believe it was June 19th, um, AKA the year that the Cavaliers won the championship. And I was watching the game with her wonderful grandmother. And I was like, here we go. Golden State Cavaliers, we gotta do this. But I was really getting into it. And I was like, you know what? Gotta just take a second, take a beat, pray for the best and like, but if it's not meant for you, because like, you know, you're just, your head's going to get way too big, then let it not happen. And alhamdulillah, like, as I submitted and I was like, you know what, I will be a good sport, whether we lose or whether we win, we fought for it and look at us now. So I am very happy, but in each instance, alhamdulillah, was like when I like, you know, submitted and really just accepted whatever last time I had a will came out and it was good Mashallah. Right. That was that was an exciting series. I will I will give you that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I, I'd like to say Sada was not um uh, she, she was saying uh, she was gonna be fine with whatever. She was a sore winner. <laughs> she was. So so when Danny is telling okay. us she doesn't like fans. I was an excited winner. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. All right. Anyone else like to share anything in our last few minutes, inshallah? No one else, big or small? Anyone? Well, it seems like everyone even shared, everyone spoke. Or I just want to say one more thing. Please. <laughs> um, so I think that, you know, like, even the people that don't have like a story to share, like things are happening to them. Prayers are being answered and they might not be aware of it. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, all of us, like all, even that, you know, even though we only have like a couple of stories that we remember, like every single day, right? Like Allah is just. I agree. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, said uh, when I look back at my life, I literally feel like every single prayer has been answered. Right. I may, just like in some of your examples, I may not have noticed it at the time. I may not have noticed it for a decade. And it may be that the prayer of my tongue was one thing, but what I was actually seeking, I saw, yeah, I actually got what I was seeking. Marwa. Hey, Sam, alaikum. Usually I'm not able to talk because I'm in transit, but hopefully you can hear me okay. Yes, you know? loud and clear. Great. So just a quick uh, story. Um, I was reflecting on this when we spoke about it in class last time. And of course, you know, we're all inshallah trying to make a lot of dua at night over the last 10 nights. And so I've been, um, you know, I'm always having some kind of career crisis. And so I've been, you know, making dua for 
um, whatever is best in terms of making a decision about my career and so forth. Um, and I just thought about well, what's the um, prayer of my heart really? Like, what am I really asking for? And so I made Dara for clarity, um, just, you know, clarity broadly. And subhanAllah, like right in that moment, um, you know, my husband came in, he's been having some health troubles, but alhamdulillah, he's okay. But he was talking about those health troubles. And in that moment, in my mind, I was like, I don't need to think about this right now, my career stuff. Let me just focus on Henny and his health. And subhanAllah, I really felt like it was one of those, you know, mm. instant responses to my dua, just to have that clarity to be like, don't worry about it right now, right? Like, it's, it's not so urgent. It will, it will play out. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was a nice immediate, immediate response recently. MashaAllah. So this is the last 24 hours, you're saying? Oh, yeah. This was, I think it was Monday night. Was it Monday mm-hmm. that we were, yesterday? Oh, my gosh. Was it yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it was last night, subhanAllah. Alhamdulillah. Anyone else? Big, small, cataclysmic, mundane. I make dua for my cats to live a long, happy life and come together so alive. I mean, I mean, inshallah, they'll continue to remain alive. So, so. Uh, in terms of the operations of reality, uh, there are two events that maybe actually related now that I think about it. So one is that there is this time where, well, many times where I think about leaving this field and then going back into IT and getting paid triple what I'm getting paid now. And, you know, having, you know, a life stress fee looking at machines. But one time when, uh, like 10 years ago, when I was going through these thought processes, <laughs> the, uh, uh, oh, it is, okay. Um, um, I was even projecting, okay, you know, income decline uh, because other people are entering this field. This is before becoming chaplain and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, yeah, I think it's time for me to, to, to switch fields. And so I'm even looking for jobs and such. And I was almost on the verge of applying for jobs. And then I get a call from a friend of mine saying this one guy wants to become Muslim. And he wants me to do his shahada because he got inspired from my class. So I thought, okay, I'll take that as a, a sign that maybe I should keep doing this stuff and, you know, leave it up to Allah Ta'ala. But then on top of that, thinking from the economic perspective, I'm still thinking, okay, at that time I was just adjuncting. So literally driving all across Chicago from place to place to place. Um, and then... Uh, I had a student um, who contacted me for help. She wasn't actually asking me for help, but ways she could get help. Uh, She has something like seven siblings and her father had died. He was actually murdered. And um, and her mother didn't have a history of working. And so she was asking for ideas on how they can put food on the table. And so then I was calculating, all right, how many lunches can I skip and such? And so then I told her, okay, let me send you some money. And she said, okay, just to be clear, I'm not asking you for money. And I'm saying, just to be clear, I'm not trying to do this out of nobility. But, you know, um, uh, so then I sent her some money. And it might have been, uh, it was either 500 bucks or 1500 bucks, which for me, either of those numbers back then were really, really huge. I mean, they're not small numbers anyway, especially when I moved my car repair bill. But uh, then the next day, 
I got a call from a school saying we need someone to teach immediately. Uh, a semester is about to begin. Can you come? I was like, sure. And then two days after that, the uh, same department, they called me saying that uh, there's this one class that didn't have enough people registered. So it should have been canceled. But for some reason, the machine, like the system, didn't automatically cancel it. So the class is still running. Can you teach that class too? Yeah, I can teach that class. And then over the next few semesters, I taught there like 10 different semesters. And the amount of money that I got in terms of teaching was probably almost exactly 10 times whatever I donated to this student. And that's how the stuff works. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Any other stories? Finishing off in our last few moments. Shaila. So I remember last year um, you spoke about how like if something negative happens to us that Allah is not punishing us in this Correct. in this life. It's just you know something we just kind of see it as something that happens. But what about if like somebody prays you know like in this case you know kind of like along the lines of what Danya said about the fan something for something negative to happen, but it's like somebody and so then. If that negative thing happens to that person, then that person that prayed this bad, you know, this negative prayer would use it as justification that, oh, God answered my prayers, right? So I think that can be dangerous. Definitely. We're all using it in these instances as like inspiration, you know, and like, you know, we're seeing the good in these prayers and we're not praying these negative prayers except for Danya. <laughs> um, but uh, like, yeah, so I think it could be dangerous to see, to say like, oh, a lot. Uh, Shah, the last part you're saying just got cut off because you're you're uh, you went into mute. So uh, what we heard is "Oh Allah." Yeah, I was too far. Oh, sorry. I said, "Oh, well, like if you know, for people that are not really well intended, to use God as a justification, right? So, like, uh, say, like a fanatic, whatever religion, prays that you know somebody from another religion would be killed or something like that, right? And then if it happens. They say, oh, God is on my side, right? I think, uh, so So um, <clears throat> I'm hearing three points here. So the first one, yeah, uh, punishment does not happen in this world. Uh, although consequences of actions can happen. Meaning if I, you know, if I, you know, punch this wall, okay, and my hands hurt, okay, that's consequence, right? There's a direct correlation there. But if I lie to you and you know, then I step out of thumbtack, okay, the two are not uh, related. Uh, they can be related for people who are at a higher level of faith. I mean, like a super high level of faith where everything is like immediate. But in the general sense, the two are not related. Um, consequence happens, punishment does not. Uh, regarding uh, the seriousness of everything we're saying, yes, the tongue is uh, an astonishingly powerful tool all the more astonishing because of how little effort it takes to say anything. And that includes positive and negative. Like we're literally prescribed not to say negative things because they may be answered as prayers. And, and the third point regarding fanaticism and such, I think the, uh, in my experience, you know, working with de-radicalization and counter-radicalization cases and such, uh, it's the personality type 
often precedes the fanaticism and it's like conspiracy theories where you're picking little things to support your vision and so a person might have a moment like that and say god's on my side right um but it is hard to sustain sensibly um that's my experience with it uh, but I've come across many people over the years who literally told me, I am a wali of Allah, right? I'm like, great, you know, can you get me a hamburger? You know, so uh, uh, I've come across many people who have made, you know, gargantuan claims about themselves. And I've come across even more people who've made gargantuan claims about their heroes. And uh, sometimes uh, I have come across people who have been absolutely amazing, astonishing, even in like some sort of a spiritual realm. But more often than not, it's a bunch of uh, a bunch of hogwash. Any other? As we finish it off, oh, so uh, my daughter's mother. We went on Hajj. Uh, this is 1999, and she really wanted to pray in the Hatim, which is that area right next to the Kaaba with the curvy thing, uh, where it said Hajjah and Ismail, may peace be upon them, are buried. And she really, really wanted to pray there. And, and so at the time we were friends. And so I was very sincere, you know, praying for her. And so I was saying to her, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, please give this to her. You know, she really wants this. No exaggeration. Immediately, this corridor of people, like this is Hajj, this corridor of people opened up and she like walked right through a straight corridor of people. I don't even know if she noticed it. And yeah, right there, right before my eyes. So yeah. Alrighty. So take all of these stories, hopefully, as inspirations for yourself and as reminders for yourself, for and this includes me, that you know, even when you're going through moments where you feel as though Allah is not answering your prayers or that Allah is abandoning you, or that things are just the struggle never seems to end that you are definitely never being abandoned by, by Allah Ta'ala. Part of the formula for why I want to have, go through this session is Surah Al-Duha, which is like Surah 94, maybe 93, uh, which was revealed to the Prophet, peace be upon him, in a phase called Fatrat Al-Wahi, where he received his original revelations, Iqra and all those things, and then there's this long period of time where he doesn't hear anything anymore. According to some narrations, that period of time is six months. According to other narrations, it may have been three years, you know, which went by without him receiving another uh, visit from Jibreel, from the angel Gabriel. So he thought he upset Allah. He had thought, he had thought you know, okay, what did I do wrong? And there's even some narrations where he even thought about hurting himself uh, that are authenticated narrations that a lot of people don't accept, even though it's authenticated. Like he wanted to hurl himself off of a mountain. Um, because he was that down. And then he received Surat al-Duha and Surat al-Inshira. And Surat al-Duha basically says, you know, by the, as the morning is bright, as true as that is, and as still as the night is, your Lord has not forsaken you, nor is he angry with you. And what's ahead for you is better than what came before. And then when you're in a better place, then proclaim the bounties that Allah has given you. And that's what we're doing here, right? that all of these examples are Allah giving us of his bounties. Bounties is not just money. And so 
Remember that, and if you need a, a reminder, read through those two surahs, and I think they're 93 and 94, because that's what he received. I don't know if anybody was in that class, but I was teaching Intro to Quran, this is around again, 2010, and uh, here at Loyola, and as we were finishing off the semester, I was playing, I was going to play the recitation by Qari Abdul Basit uh, about these, uh, recitation of these two surahs. And not exaggerating, class full of 40 students, of which maybe 10 were Muslim, uh, probably a quarter or half the class was crying, you know, from the story and from listening to the recitation. And so, relate to my point the other day, even back then, I think everyone in our society is seeking whether or not they realize it, and I think more so today in 2022. And so, there is a lot of wondrous good in our world that each and every one of us receives in what may seem like these mundane but significant moments. Okay, inshallah. Really wonderful conversation. We will continue, inshallah, with the next ayah, inshallah, tomorrow. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubi ilayk. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubi ilayk. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta May Allah tell the word you all, inshallah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.